everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jacob Melham. So like I told you yesterday, I do have a series, a litany of very interesting guests. And I will say I have never heard my guest, you know, on a podcast or anything like that. So I'm looking forward to it. It is Mr. Dave Holtzman himself. Mr. Holtzman, how are you doing today? Doing well, Jacob. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you very much for, for joining us. And for all of you listeners out there, if, you, uh, if you're if you wondering who, who the heck is that, um, that is, I knew I knew you for years as, as Holtzy. I don't know where that came up. I don't know if that was a broadcast nickname or whatever it was. Um, was that the case? Is that what they referred to you as? Uh, I, I became Holtzy back in uh, when I was with Royals Public Relations, with Royals Media Relations. So, you know, the clubhouse, everybody in the nickname, everybody in the clubhouse has <laughs> has to have a nickname and usually it ends in some type of e sound so <laughs> it just hungry. it just rolls right off the tongue and it shortens right. your your nickname or your not your nickname your last name too that's right so i didn't introduce you with your title because it has undergone um, a recent change so if you had to put your title on a business card today how would that read well, first off, I'd probably get a big business card because um, I have multiple <laughs> titles, one with uh, Valley Sports Kansas City um, and then one with the Royals. And Valley Sports Kansas City, I'm an associate producer in charge of stats and research. And then now with the Royals and player development, I'm a baseball information strategist. So that would all go on on the one card and, and uh, we can kind of go into what those two entail at some point during the podcast, if you like. Yes, of of course, because I know I do my my amateur efforts. You know, I try to leverage stat head and, and things like that to try and get all the information that you get during the games. But golly, you you just must have access to so many resources and you've been around the team for so long that some of this stuff is it just blows my mind how quick you can come up with stats. Um, how can you give us a peek behind the curtain? How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's been it's probably two decades worth of experience and kind of knowing exactly what to look for and where. Um, the most important thing I think is is what pops into my head as the game unfolds during a game, um, mm. wondering what might be interesting to look at, and then knowing which of the which of the four or five different research sites that I have access to to go to first to get it the fastest, so I can get that information to. Ryan Lefevre and Rex Hudler so they can get it out on the air. So that's that's something that's kind of 20 years in the making in terms of experience that I have. Well, there you go. Practice makes perfect <laughs> in that. Um, but, yeah, I know you've been doing that role for, for quite some time. Your your most recent role with the Royals is what is what I want to talk about. So we had Nicholas Batters on the podcast yesterday, and he kind of he talked about – you the way he made it sound was you approached the minor league broadcasters with hey this is my vision this offseason um can can you describe like why why did you get involved with player development yeah i mean it started actually a few years ago um i had been speaking with with many members of the royals front office people i've known for for quite a while now um and we've been going back and forth about how to share the stories of the Royals minor league system, the players, uh, staff, everybody that works down there, because the Royals do a great job uh, with their Pine Tar Productions crew of, of sharing the major league story. But there has been a, a void um, with the minor league situation. So this offseason, I spoke with J.J. Piccolo. I spoke with Mitch Meyer several times, um, and we kind of developed this part-time specialist or a strategist role 
to really focus on telling that story and with a goal of sharing all of the positive aspects of what's going on in the minor league system with Royals fans as these players develop up the system and eventually become Royals in Kansas City. Okay. Okay. Why, why does that story matter to you though? Like as a person, not, not as a job title, but as a person, why does that matter to you? Well, to me, it's, it's, it's not just, I make it a point when I, when I do visit these teams and I'm actually going to quad cities tomorrow to visit the river bandits um, tomorrow and Friday, but I make it a point to not only talk to the top prospects, the people that that, the Royals fans, probably the, the hardcore Royals fans probably know, but also the guys that, are in the system that are there for other reasons. Yes, they want to make the majors, but realistically, a lot of them won't. But they are there as a clubhouse leader. They're to show the way how to play the game the right way. And then eventually those guys will become either either coaches in the minor league system or they'll go back home to, to where their hometowns or whatever and, be, and run clinics and that type of things. They're going to spread the, the baseball throughout the country and throughout internationally. You obviously go back to the Dominican or Venezuela or, or wherever they're from um, once they're done playing baseball. And so for me, it's important to tell their story and to share their personalities, how they got to where they are and why they've given themselves to this game. Um, share that with, with the fans. Okay. That's a, hey, that is just, that's just paying it forward for, for baseball. And I absolutely love to hear that. So Dave, you're talking about visiting these, these minor league teams. Um, and over the years, you know, minor league teams have, have shifted. I remember like the, the Wilmington blue rocks and the Burlington Royals, I think it was, but out of all the current minor league teams, um, who, who has the best stadium in your opinion? Well, I've only been to two so far. Oh, okay. Um, so I visited Omaha in April, um, Werner Park, and uh, visited uh, Arvest uh, Ballpark in Northwest Arkansas last month. Um, like I said, I'm headed to uh, Modern Woodman Park uh, in Davenport, Iowa, where the Quad Cities plays tomorrow. Um, honestly, the way, you know, we can talk about how the game has evolved in many different ways in the last decade or two, but how it has evolved in the minor leagues is amazing in terms of their facilities, what they have at their disposal, clubhouse wise, um, their workout facilities, everything that they have technology is, is second to none um, from what I've seen. And, and, and for those three teams that I mentioned, in addition to Columbia, which is in South Carolina, those three teams are easy drives from, for fans in Kansas city who want to go, take in, um, you know, kind of a baseball in, a, in an intimate setting and see Royal Stars of tomorrow. So I really high, highly encourage fans if they have a weekend or, or whatever, a few days, Royals are out of town and they're maybe not able to go out to the K to visit Omaha, to visit Northwest Arkansas, to visit Quad Cities and uh, and find the players that in a few years you go, hey, I saw them play when I was in high A or, or, or whatnot. So. That is true. I didn't even really think about that because – most more often than not, a major league team's organization is pretty spread out throughout the throughout the country. I mean, Davenport, Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska. I am blanking where Northwest Arkansas actually plays the city, but it's fairly close to Kansas City, so that's not too bad at all. Columbia is the long drive. Yeah, Columbia. Columbia is a flight um, unless, you, <laughs> unless you want to turn it into a a week long vacation across the country. 
You know what? I I have thought about that because Columbia is only about a about a six hour drive for me. Okay. So I thought it thought it would be cool to go take a road trip down there and see some of the Fireflies play sometime. I would recommend it. I've heard nothing but great things about Segra Park there in Columbia, South Carolina. Awesome, awesome. Well, on we're gonna take a quick ad break. On the other side of this ad break, we're gonna be talking more about the behind the scenes stuff with raising Royals, and also just hear more from Mr. Holtzman. Stay tuned. How did COVID-19, how did the pandemic change things on the minor league level? Because I don't think the team gets enough credit for how well they took care of the minor league players during that lost 2020 season. I just want to get your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I mean, uh, the 2020 season, the lost season for the minor leaguers was, uh, in terms of their development, was very hard. Um, You ask everybody to a man. And the, the, the players that weren't able to play, there were a handful that, that were at the alternate site that played, but um, at the higher levels. But to lose a year, especially a key developmental year where, where you're anywhere from 18 to 22, 23 years old um, as you're developing is hard. But the way that the Royals handled themselves that offseason, I'll tell you what, when, when I go and speak to players now, um, and I ask them, it's, it's kind of one, of one of the things that I always ask them for my profile piece is, what does it mean to be royal to you? Um, and every single one of them talks about family, talks about loyalty. Um, they talk about uh, wanting you to be the best person you can be. And I guarantee you that a lot of that comes from how they handled themselves and during the 2020 season, um, keeping the, the players uh, employed when a lot of other teams kind of just let some players go. Yeah, and that was, you know, one of the – I, I hate to say it, but one of my favorite stories about that, you know, is Vinny Pasquantino going and, and flipping burgers during during the pandemic yeah. year. It was, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, thousands of minor league players. They had to try and find a way to make ends meet when they were relying on that, uh, on that paycheck from the ball club. So that is, that is very good. I also did want to get your, your thoughts on the, on the housing situation with, with minor league players. Um, I know there's been a lot of, a lot of steps in there, but I am, uninformed about what the Royals are doing in that field. Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty much the Royals have agreements with, with each city um, where, um, where they have their Royal, their minor league teams uh, facilities, very close to the, to the ballpark where they're kind of pseudo apartments and that type of thing. Um, places that uh, they either can, can walk to in certain instances or, or a short drive. Uh, so they do have agreements with very nice uh, complexes Um in all of in all of their minor league stages to set them up, um, they're also in the past, uh, you know, host families that would take in teams or take in players and have them essentially be an adopted son for that summer. Um, and and you'll hear stories even to this day of major league players that that still uh, keep in touch with their their host families and and they be, they become very special to them. So the Royals do a very good job of of making their players comfortable in their in their surroundings and uh, so that they can maximize their, their potential on the field. Okay. Okay. That, that is very good to hear. Um, shifting gears, you know, leveraging more of your experience, but your analytical mind as well, not so much the, the current regime change, you know, the 2022 to 2023 front office, I'm sure looks very different and operates different, but on an overall scale, can I get your thoughts on analytics 
entering the baseball operations or sabermetrics? I just want to get your opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no secret that it has in the last 10, 15 years, it has become a priority for every organization to have a large chunk of their decision-making process involve analytics. And the Royals are no different. Um, you know, they've certainly ramped up their efforts in the last several years. And in terms of adding adding personnel and also whatever the, the production that that personnel um, gives to the gives to the team, using it in many ways up and down the organization from the major league staff all the way down to scouting. Um, so they're focused on all of that. Um, I don't have a lot of the, the specific details of all of that. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not in that department. And a lot of that is well above me in terms of um, deep, deep analytics and yeah. writing, writing systems and code. And, and, you know, I, I joke with some of those, some of those people that I, that I saw in spring training, like, Hey, you, I wish you could write me some code so so I could develop my research easier for the television broadcast. But, uh, it's uh, they, they're busy enough; they don't need to worry about my stuff, and I'll keep uh, plugging away at doing the research the way I know how without without the code. Uh, but, there you go. Uh, the focus, I, you know, I think uh, Matt Quartero put it perfectly in his introductory press conference last October. Um, you know, information is almost like a road, and you know, the decision-making process rather is kind of a road and the information that you have allows the road to get a little thinner, um, get a little thinner so that your decision-making process, instead of having this many decisions to make a wide number of decisions, you have a very smaller, a smaller number of decisions to make. So that's where the information comes in to allow you to make uh, to better decisions and uh, move forward from there. Okay. That is, that is very good to hear. Um, thank you very much for that, Dave. And b- before we move on to more of the stuff with Raising Royals, something that I do like to ask my first-time guests on the show is we we all know that ballpark food has a special place in, in American culture overall. But if you are a fan going to catch a game, no matter the level or setting, what is your go-to, like, I know this is the safe choice? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I wish I could answer it well. I, I, you know, I've been 20 years in working in baseball, which means 20 years of, of eating in the press box. Um, so I don't venture out, unfortunately, too much into the into the stadium to get to get stadium food. I do remember having in Seattle, having a few years ago, having some of their spicy crickets. What uh, in the they're, world? They're famous, yeah, they're famous for kind of. Uh, drying out crickets and putting some spice on them. I, that wasn't, I had to try it. It wasn't my, yeah. my thing, but in Seattle, they also have, uh, they're famous for sushi and, and I can, I can definitely do that. That's, that's part of my wheelhouse. So um, if anybody finds himself in Seattle, go, go, go find some, some sushi rolls and, and enjoy uh, sushi with a ball game. <laughs> sushi with a ball game yeah. might be a little stranger than spicy dried out crickets with yeah. the ball game. Yeah. Never would have thought of that. Crickets are a little crunchy. I, I imagine so. I bet you, you know what? Sometimes like that's, uh, you know, they say taste is only like one of the four senses that you use with food. Sometimes just that sound hearing that crunch is very, uh, very pleasing to the palate for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so Holtie, getting back to getting back to baseball stuff okay. real fast. So, I do want to get your perspective on like how important are the minor league support staffs to ensuring your vision for raising Royals comes to fruition? Because I'm I'm sure there's, you know, I just talked to to batters yesterday, and that man wears a wears like four or five different hats. No question. <laughs> And I'm I'm sure that what what they need to do to support raising Royals is a big undertaking, but it sounds like a worthy one. I just want to, you know, give your chance to see your side of things. Yeah, I mean, I you mentioned it correctly. I I lean on those on those guys, uh, the Nicholas Batters of the world, um, Sean Mernon from uh, from Northwest Arkansas, all, all the guys that and they do they wear multiple hats. Typically in the minor leagues, um, the broadcaster, the play by play broadcaster is also the PR guy and yeah. then, and they do other things as well as when they're asked. So for me and, and hopefully everybody out there wa- uh, follows the raising Royals accounts. It's uh, at Casey Royals PD on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, so we post a ton of stats, um, a ton of, of, of videos and those video highlights each day come in from the minor league, the minor league uh, broadcasters slash PR guys. So when I notice somebody has a big game, whether it's, uh, you know, Javier Vaz and in, uh, in, uh, Quad Cities who had four hits or whatnot or whatever, I might reach out to their PR guy slash broadcaster and say, hey, can you send me all four of his hits? And they'll email me the links to that video and I'll put it all together in a, in a, in a video uh, set to a little bit of music just to make sure and then post it the next day. So I lean on them for a ton of information ton of videos. Uh, they send me their weekly standouts every week that we highlight guys that are, that are playing really well and, and people that people uh, fans should, should know about. So I met with them at the beginning of the year and told them I'm going to, I'm going to lean on them and I have, and, and they're a, a strength of, of this um, account that I'm, that I'm producing. Okay. Well, that's, that's very good to hear. Yeah. I do, uh, you know, we are several weeks into the season at this point, so we've seen a lot of these iterations of the uh, of the players of the week, batters and pitchers alike, and we are, uh, we're seeing multiple players already stack up multiple appearances okay. on, on those graphics. Um, I mean, you're, you're seeing probably the most of the minor leaguers or more of the minor le- leaguers, excuse me, than the casual fan is. Um, who is, who's really standing out to you? I know you've mentioned Javier Vaz and he's standing out for, you know, he deserves to be, but is there anyone else? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's many, uh, we, I don't know how much time we have, um, you know, since I do follow and now they've, we've added three more affiliates have started this week with the ACL league, uh, surprise Royals. And then the two teams in the Dominican of both, mm-hmm. they both started on Monday this past week on the fifth. Um, so, you know, we could go down the line. I mean, I, I could talk Omaha. Omaha is all about speed, that team. They lead the International League in stolen bases. Dyrone Blanco leads the majors and at least all the minors, excuse me, in stolen bases. Samad Taylor has had a great year. Um, so they are all about speed. Nick Lofton has had a, has had a very solid year, and we should be seeing him at some point um, this year or next year. It's, it's, it's kind of up to everybody else. But um, like I said, Omaha's speed, and then you know some pitchers have have gone up and down from Omaha to Kansas City. We've seen Austin Cox and Jonathan Heasley and those those type of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Northwest Arkansas, I know, and I shouldn't I should mention in Omaha. Anthony Veneziano, left-handed yeah. in Northern New Jersey, 
uh, we spoke to him. I was down in uh, Northwest Arkansas last month and saw him pitch, and and I was down there in the clubhouse when he when he learned that he was going up to Omaha. Oh, that's so, cool. For me to kind of be there and to, and to see him uh, seconds after he found out he was being promoted uh, was was fantastic. And he's a lefty with a really good arm, um, a, a guy that has a good future, and he's been he's made I believe three starts in Omaha at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's one to keep an eye out for. And another lefty, another left-handed starter uh, is Noah Cameron from St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, local, local kid. Um, he's kind of shot into the, into the system, into the, the profile, uh, prospect rankings, started the year at Quad Cities. He's now at Northwest Arkansas and doing, doing really well. Another lefty with a big arm, uh, change up slider. Uh, he's got, he's got the whole mix. So um, just, those are a couple guys that really stand out. Okay. Uh, at, the, at the upper levels, and we could go into <laughs> levels if you want. I'm happy to talk about that. Well, listen, I do um, because I will say that a lot of the prospects that Royals fans will recognize are at Quad Cities right now. They're playing for the River Bandits, you know, the the um, Gavin Crosses of the of the world, and you know, it, everyone was was kind of bagging on him for his slow start to the season, but he is he's been having a historic performance since. Um, I mean, what was it? He had like four home runs in, in four consecutive games, something like that? That's right. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, he had four home runs and four straight, and he had five home runs over the six games that week and Dang. was named uh, Midwest Player of the Week that week. So, Heck yeah. Heck yeah. What do you, so I, I do actually want to go into the lower yeah. levels there because sure. there, there's a lot of intriguing stuff going on down there. You got the got the arms in Columbia. You got the bats in Quad Cities. Who Who's standing out to you in those two squads? Yeah, I mean, you let's start with Quad Cities. I mean, you had mentioned Gavin Cross, and and he was the number one pick last year uh, out of Virginia Tech. He has had a little bit of a slow year, but he does lead the Midwest League in home runs with ten. Wow, um, it, it, it's a pitcher's league that league, so oh. it's not it's not a league where you're going to see a ton of of big numbers. Obviously, with ten home runs in a couple months, it's 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 uh it's not a huge pit hitting league, but yeah. Um, Caden Wallace is another another guy I want to mention down there. He's he was a second round pick last year, a third baseman out of the University of Arkansas. Um, he is a well rounded player. I mean, he is not to say Gavin Cross isn't because Cross is <laughs> a great center field, but uh, Caden Wallace is is a guy that really can play a good third base. He uh he hits the ball with power. Hit a home run yesterday. Um, up among the league leaders and extra base hits. So another player that right-handed hitter that that people need to watch. And then we, I mentioned Javier Vaz, who yeah, okay. um, has many more walks than strikeouts this year. Just an advanced approach. Played at, uh, at played at Vanderbilt, one of the best programs in in college. Uh, so he just knows how to win, um, and really has taken off. I mean, I, he's he's. I'm getting ready to actually interview him on Friday. Oh, awesome! And so people kind of keep a keep a lookout for that for a profile piece on on Javier. And I was going to ask him if he's even seen the success he's had this year. Did he even foresee him breaking out like he? Yeah. Has? Uh, but you you know you mentioned the arms of Columbia, and I don't want to overlook some of the arms uh, at Quad Cities as well. Okay. Their rotation um, is is on par, I believe, with Columbia. Um, Chandler Champlain uh, is a gentleman who was uh, Midwest League Pitcher of the Week a few weeks ago as well. Um, he was acquired as part of the deal with uh, with the Yankees for Andrew Benintendi last July. Gotcha. He has been pitching uh, pitching very very well um, for Quad Cities. I think he's twenty three years old. 
Okay. So still, uh, you know, on par or a little bit younger for that for that league. Uh, Luinder Avila, big arm. Oh yeah. Big arm at, at Quad Cities. Um, you know, still still figuring out exactly what it all means, but a lot of potential there. Tyson uh, mm-hmm. Guerrero has been pitching well out of University of Washington. Um, he's had a couple of great starts, seven scoreless last last week. In his start. What's what's weird, uh, not weird, but what I found interesting about following the minor leagues as closely as I have is, you know, they only play, they play six games a week. They're off every Monday. Mm-hmm. So there's one starter every week that starts Tuesday and Sunday, and then everybody else just goes once a week. So it's, huh. I mean, it's just kind of an interesting dynamic to it. So Guerrero last week had a great start. And then Mason Barnett, a pitcher out of Auburn that was drafted last year is also pitching well. Um, so, I mean, there, there's just, and then I, I guess I shouldn't leave quad cities without mentioning local kid Carter Jensen. Oh yeah. Park Hill high school leads the minor leagues, all of the minor leagues and walks. Yeah. Um, so he has an advanced approach for being just 19 years old. Um, the rest of his offense, he hits the ball hard. The rest of it will come, mm-hmm. uh, but the eye is there already. Um, and that's something to really to be excited about. So, yeah, his uh, his, his batting average might not be eye catching, but all the all the hardware that he wears to the plate every time is, is very eye catching. I found <laughs> he does. He he has some uh, he has some good chain that chain he does. His, uh, he's got some flair to to his game. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- there's there's a lot. I'm excited that to go is... see Quad Cities. Yeah, I'm excited to go see them. Uh, in the next few days and, and awesome. uh, check out the park, check out, uh, you know, the, the stadium is right next to the Mississippi river. So the left-handed hitters, Gavin cross and a few others have put the ball in the, in the Mississippi a few times this year really? uh, on home runs. And then, you know, right or left center has the, uh, has the fun zone with the Ferris wheel and, yeah. and that type of things. So it's definitely, I think a place that uh, if you have a family, especially that you'd probably really enjoy going to watch a game there and, and, do uh, all the fun things around it but yeah and they they make going to modern woodman woodman park very um very accessible i i would say you know quad cities are always there promoting their games and getting out there and they just want baseball at that park they love it yeah they love it and there's a there's a long history of baseball in that in quad cities i mean that the park is i believe you know 80 90 years old uh, renovated but um like i said there, there's a strong history there right on the Iowa-Illinois border. Okay, uh, very, very cool. And then, yeah, Colum- if you want to go to Columbia. Yeah, yeah let's, go um, and, let's go and talk yeah, about I mean, Columbia. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Columbia has been the most consistent uh, winning team and mm-hmm. affiliates-wise this year. They've pretty much been in first place in their division in the Carolina League all year. Um, the, the season, I believe the first half ends in a few weeks, so they've got a, a fight to the finish to make sure that they, they win the division. But they've been led by, by their pitching. Um, and then specifically their starting rotation. Yeah. Um, and the three guys that were that I think a lot of Royals fans will recognize were 2021 picks in Frank Mazzucato, Ben Caderna, and Shane Panzini. And those guys are peas in the pod. Everything I've heard, um, you know, that they're they're as you know a trio, three musketeers essentially in terms of guys that <laughs> around each other. And um, they've all pitched incredibly well. Caderna's turned it on a lot lately after a slow start. Panzini's been been sharp throughout. Uh, Mazzucato is leads the league in in strikeouts. Um, sideline right now with a minor injury, but should be back yeah. fairly soon. 
but those guys are all 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 pitchers that should. Uh, they're all young. They were all out of high school, so um, they're all in the in the nineteen twenty year old range, and and so but they'll they'll move as they move up through the system, and we'll, we'll watch them develop. So yeah, um, not to uh, not to you know forget uh, David Sandlin, another pitcher yes. on their starter. Uh, he was just added yesterday to the Royals' top 30 prospects list by MLB Pipeline. Oh, wow. Good for him. Yeah, because Mike, Michael Garcia graduated out oh, of prospects. Yeah. Um, so they needed to fill in a spot, and David Sandlin uh, filled in. And he's pitched incredibly well as well. Lots of strikeouts, not a lot of walks at, uh, at Columbia. So there's a lot of pitching talent down there, a lot of great arms. That that there is that there is, and then I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the three true outcomes king Eric Pena down there for the Fireflies. Yeah, Lee, I think I think he leads the team in walks and strikeouts and home runs. Like he has that TTO down to down to a science. Pena has a lot of talent, um, yeah. and he's had some clutch home runs. He had a walk off home run a few weeks ago. Um, just needs to kind of still trying to find his way and, and put it together, maybe make a little bit more consistent contact. Yeah. The, the position players down there that are, that are really intriguing. I believe there's, there's at least three of them. Two are okay. uh, the, the double play combination up the middle. Um, Daniel Vasquez is a shortstop down there. Who's just uh, 18, 19, he's 19 years old. I believe. Wow. Um, had been, has been hitting around 300 all year in a league that's well older than he is um, a guy to watch walks a lot, doesn't strike out too much. Um, and then his double play combo is Lisandro Rodriguez. Oh like yeah. Another youngster. Um, just another guy to watch a little bit more power. Uh, but, a, but a guy that's going to, going to play as well. And then Brett Squires uh, down there has been playing really well as a, as a, you know, kind of a, a versatile You know what I do? So you can um, you can correct me if, if you don't want to talk about it or if you just simply don't know, please let me know. Um, I was so a prospect that I was very excited to see this year was Diego Hernandez um, out there out there in center field. And I know, unfortunately, he got injured during spring training. It, it happens. Yeah. Um, do you could you tell us, do you happen to know an update on his status? Is he? you know, coming back soon or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Annie Rogers, I'll give a shout out to her to MLB.com, Rolls.com beat writer who does an amazing job. Uh, She had an update a few weeks, a few days ago on some, um, some injuries and and she mentioned Diego uh, and uh, he's working his way back. Uh, I can't remember exactly when, uh, when he's due back, but it's sometime in the next month or two. So he's not out for the year. He did. He injured himself. I might've been the first, spring training game of the season maybe first it, was, or it was pretty early early on a, on a on a play in the outfield um and uh yeah he, he's an exciting uh defensive center fielder especially yeah. who uh, is still very young added to the 40-man <laughs> roster last offseason so a guy that he's not out for the year we sh- we'll see him back in the second half of the season awesome very much looking forward to that yeah. um listen we just we just keep talking we just keep going deeper in the systems but sure. i do want to i do want to talk about um the complex league because yeah. like you said they they just started the past few days um and there are so the extended extended spring training um their twitter account was always putting out just the stats for the players yeah. Yeah. and everyone was watching for austin charles the the shortstop 
Um, is there, I know you've probably seen some of him. Is he a very exciting player to watch? He is a, he is a player that Royals fans need to keep a, keep an eye out for. There's no okay. doubt about that. I was, uh, I was talking to a few scouts when I was in Northwest Arkansas and talking to them, comparing, we shouldn't do this, but comparing <laughs> you know, Daniel Vasquez to Austin Charles and who has the, you know, the higher, um, the higher ceiling. And yeah. they, they couldn't agree. They both were just like, they, they went back and forth on how great um, both of them could be. Um, but, but Austin Charles is a guy, he was a 20th round pick last year yeah. out, of the, out of high school in the LA area. Um, the first thing you'll notice with him, he's a shortstop, but the first thing you'll notice with him is he's six foot six. Oof. He is um, in high school, you know, people, because of his stature, they compared him to Aaron judge. Oh, wow. Um, let's not go there yet. He's yeah. 19. Yeah. He's 19. Uh, he plays shortstop. He's not an outfielder. Um, but since he was so big, so athletic, and since he was from California as judges, uh, the comparison was made and, and Charles has had a, he's hit, he's had five hits so far in the first two games in the ACL league, uh, double, triple Homer already Dang. Um, playing short, playing shortstop hit cleanup yesterday for them. A guy that people need to, to be aware of. No okay. Question. Awesome. I was, listen, I, I had a glimmer of hope that we were going to see him be a, be a two way guy, but I am very excited that he is excelling so well at, at shortstop. Have you heard anything about his pitch and chops? Did, did you all give the man a chance? Uh, I, I, I don't know anything about that. I know, he was, <laughs> I know he was a great pitcher in high school as well as a hitter. I mean, yeah. I, I know, he, I know he led, he led all of California in home runs last year as a high school senior. Wow. So, um, that's nothing to sneeze at. It's uh, there's some pretty nope. good players that are produced in high school every year in California every year. That's for sure. So that there uh, is. Yeah. He's, he's hitting right now. I haven't heard any indication of him <laughs> mound. Uh, but hey, the, I'll, yeah, I'll show I'll, you. He's got a great arm from shortstop. I, I imagine so that'll, that'll transition very well to the field. I imagine. Hey, and we've, um, so my, my counterpart over at Royals Review, Pet Preston Farr, has been, you know, steadily saying who's been heading to the Dominican League and, and things like that. And it is a lot of the international signees and and things like that. So a lot of a lot of players that Royals fans might not recognize initially outside of the initial signing announcement or anything like that. But I imagine you've seen a lot from those players. Is there anyone that has stood out to you at that level? Yeah, you know what? I, I have to be honest. I, I I haven't I haven't really seen a lot of okay. uh, some of those players. I, when I was in spring training, I I said a lot of those players aren't in Arizona. They stay right. in the Dominican. Um. So and and those are kids that are 16, 17, 18 that are yeah. that are in their first or second year of pro ball. So, um. But it's definitely I would encourage, and this is a good good time to point out. The Instagram accounts for both the Surprise Royals at Surprise Royals and the Dominican Royals at Dominican Royals both stream their games live. Wow! So on 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 Instagram. So when when they are playing, and most of the time it's during the day for the Dominican and, and at nighttime in the evening for a Surprise. Um, make sure jump on jump on IG and 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 watch an inning or two. Um, it's, it's a great way if you're a baseball junkie and, and I'm sure everybody listening or watching is, uh, to watch a few innings and, and just, uh, you know, there, there'll be some players that jump out at you and then do some research on who they are and kind of just make a bookmark and start following those guys. So that's, 
that's my recommendation. Yeah, that that is awesome. I didn't listen. I would consider myself a baseball junkie, and I didn't even realize that. That is yeah, a that they, is a great resource. They do a great job. I was watching uh, the game a couple nights ago. They were playing the first the first ACL game, the Surprise Royals, and they they went in extra innings in the tenth inning, and uh, it was in Peoria against the Padres. And I was watching the game, and they just kept hitting in the in the top of the tenth. And and there's, there's not a scoreboard or anything, so you just kind of have to try to follow how many runs they've scored and. By the end of the top of the tenth, they had uh, the Royals had scored five, had six runs in that inning. And, wow! Uh, just pulling out the game, but um, but it's just uh, you know obviously it's just one camera behind the plate. You don't get to see a ton. Yeah, it's just enough to you'll and it's just like baseball at its purest form. So that is that fun. is a good way to put it. Yeah. I did. I I will say so. I'll... I'm I'm sorry. Whenever I get the phone call, for some reason, it stops that recording. So it's yeah. it's fine. Don't worry about it. I still got all the stuff. Okay. Um, I I will say you brought up baseball in its purest form, and I will say I ha- did enjoy when Peacock was doing the like the broadcast in the Sunday mornings, where it was just like the ballpark sounds. Do you yeah. like? Do you find stuff like that soothing, or do you need the announcers? Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I could probably, I would probably like that maybe for an inning or two, but for yeah. me in terms of the announcers, I mean, obviously I'm, that's our business and True. getting back into TV and, um, it's important to me to hear what, what Ryan Lefevre, what Rex Hudler, what Joel Goldberg, what they're, they're talking about. And, and for my job to feed them information, I would, I prefer the announcers cause I, I want, inf- I want information, but I think there is a time and place for, for serenity at the ballpark and listening to just the sounds of the, of the vendors and the crack of the bat. And, and um, honestly, that's where kind of going to, uh, to games comes into play. You can sit down and, and enjoy all that. And in the minor league system, minor league games, you can, you can hear player, you can hear fans individually yelling out things and, and things like that. It's a it's kind <laughs> of charm of, of watching a game in front of, uh, instead of in front of 20,000, it's in front of four to 5,000 people. That that is an excellent point. That's I have an independent club just down the road for me, and that's one of the, the favorite things. It's like uh, sometimes only be a few hundred in the stands, and you have like conversations going on across the stands and things like that. But um, Mr. Holtzman, I know I've I've taken up enough of your time today. Uh, you did a great job of plugging the the Raising Royals accounts and everyone else, but you have your own Twitter account. Where can folks follow you at? Yeah, I mean, I do, but I, I'd, I'd rather plug the, the Royals account. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm at dholtzy on Twitter. Um, but yeah, going back to the to the Royals account, sorry to change gears, but- No, do at, it. Uh, Raising Royals at KC Royals P on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And I, I just want to, you know, make sure we're, we're committed. I'm committed to making it the best player development account in baseball. And uh, we kind of rebranded it right at the beginning of the year, right at the early April. And I think we've quickly become that. Um, I do mm-hmm. think we, we offer a lot of different things, whether you're interested in direct or, you know, stats and all that or highlights or then the profile pieces that I haven't seen any other teams offer, which which gives a window into the personality of the specific player telling a story about the Anthony Venezianos, um, Tyler Tolbert. Um, we've talked to Mike Jershley, who just who won his 1,000th game at Omaha um, in April. Um, and, and people like that, uh, 
Angelo Castellano, I should mention, is as a, a shortstop, been with the team, been with the organization for ten plus years. Oh yeah, he's in, he's in Omaha, and he's one of those guys that that is probably likely going to transition to a coach. But he, we told his story about being in Kansas City this off season, past off season with his family, and being a a, 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 a worker a clinic at clinics at the Urban Youth Academy. Wow, so he was giving back to the community, um, teaching kids. All of all ages, uh, how to play baseball, and that's from a, a player that's been in the minor league system for 10 years. So, a really cool story. So, encourage everybody right. to go on and, and watch those stories, and there'll be many more to come. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. That we're only like two months into the season. You have so much at, ahead of y'all, um, and I'm very glad to hear that you have a, a good team there, Mr. Holtzman, and just excited to uh, to watch from from my end what y'all are doing. Um, one, one last time, everyone. Thank you so much, Mr. Holtzman, for, for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And to all of my listeners out there, thank you for your support. And until next time, go Royals!